This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. At Broadcast, we're very excited at the recent release of our first book, which is called Multiplanting and was written by Colin Barron. Today, we've got Colin on the podcast and we're talking about his story, how he first became a Christian, how he got into church planting and how he started planting multi-site churches before multi-site was even a thing. You can find the full notes, including a link to buy the book on this episode at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 139. So here is Colin Barron, interviewed by Tim Simmons. Okay, welcome to the Broadcast Podcasts. Uh, my name is Tim Simmons. I'm part of the leadership team at Christchurch Manchester, uh, and I'm here with Colin Barron, who is the leader of Christchurch Manchester. So, Colin, we are going to look at uh, the multi-planting book and the journey to get to writing that book over a few podcasts. Um, but I wanted to start kind of with your history. So I'm going to start with a big statement um, that you have been in Manchester now for 25 years. That's correct. And uh, over all of the churches that have been planted kind of out of what you've done out of your ministry in Manchester, there are now probably 800 people in churches across the city. You were also part of the senior leadership team of New Frontiers, kind of an, an international church movement with Terry Virgo. Yes, correct. Uh, you, um, when New Frontiers transitioned, you helped bring a number of those spheres to life, including the Catalyst Network yes. as well. Uh, so that's kind of where we are today. You're now a published author as well. Um, Christchurch Manchester is about to start its sixth site we're planning the seventh site. Um, we are over 300 adults now, which all of which is to set the context um, of where we're up to now. And we're going to look at all of those things and how we got to multi-site and church planting over a few podcasts. But I wanted to step back 25, 30, 40 years to kind of work out how you got from being just a guy who wanted to lead a church to where we are now. Uh, if that's okay. So um, uh, tell us a little bit, uh, because I think it's really interesting and very helpful, uh, how you became a Christian and the church you became a Christian in and how that began your journey to be into ministry. Okay, yeah, I, was, uh, I didn't go to church really as a, as a kid, apart from Sunday school I was sent by my parents and uh, I remember they're giving me, I think it was sixpence, which was a lot of money in those days, which I used to spend at the off-license on the way. But in terms of church, I didn't go to until I was 16 and I went to a Methodist youth club and uh, ended up at a prayer meeting, um, which uh, turned into a bit of a card school, the first one, because not many people knew how to pray. But the second one, uh, a guy came who uh, was a Pentecostal with a friend and uh, he spoke in tongues which I'd never heard before and uh, the uh, guy he brought actually translated and there was a few of us in the room most of the non-Christian young people and I remember being overwhelmed by the presence of God I didn't know what that was you know I couldn't articulate it I just knew that God was there and uh, I was told afterwards that I shook for half an hour sitting on the seat and by the time I had left near midnight I just knew God was real 
And uh, if God was real, I would be one of his followers. I didn't know much else. I didn't really know much theology, but I did know there was a God. And uh, so that's really how I became a Christian and uh, started going to the Methodist church. Uh, so how old were you at that point? 16. 16. Uh, and so you then left school and you be, you got an apprenticeship. Yeah, I, I left school uh, not brilliantly educated, got an apprenticeship, and, uh, which was a five-year apprenticeship, which uh, was a heated engineer. And uh, I scraped through that because actually I, I just kept going to church and get involved in church things. It was such a, a radical change for me that uh, uh, that became my life and what was a start of a career mm-hmm. I just kind of scraped through and at 21 I decided I would go to, uh, a, uh, to a, a Bible college at Cliff College to actually learn some things but I'd been preaching by then for two or three years right okay so you went to Cliff College were you married by that point I wasn't uh, I was uh, uh, dated by my now wife Mary, she went down to London. I went to Cliff College, which is in Derbyshire, and uh, basically halfway through that, I thought, when I leave here, I need to get married. Yeah, All right. and you did. That is so well done. <laughs> and uh, so, at what point when you left Bible College did you then begin ministry? What time was your kind of first? Well. Uh, the, I've never really wanted to be a minister. I didn't go to Bible college to be a minister. I went to Bible college to learn because I got effectively uh, born again in what was a reasonably liberal mm. church. So I didn't have much, uh, I didn't learn a lot. And so I wanted just a year away to learn. And the goal was then to go back, get a, a job, yeah. and uh, probably carry on preaching around the Methodist circuits, etc. But the principal then, uh, Dr. Skevington Wood, he was very keen that I actually became a Methodist minister and I didn't want to do that but he found me a job, he came to me and said there's a job going as a youth worker and you do a bit of caretaking to earn some money as well in the Lake District for a Methodist church to develop a youth centre um, and uh, I just looked at it and thought yeah I think that would be good so I basically got married after leaving college I took a one way hire car with Mary we went to the Lake District from Nottingham and started working for the Methodist Church. But I never wanted to be a minister, really. Right. So you started working for the Methodist Church. Um, what you're known for and what we've, you've written about and what we're going to talk about lots is the, the church planning and the multi-site. So at what point did... At what point did church planting come onto the agenda? When did you start thinking, I need, I need to start something? Well, the reality is there used to be a kind of saying in our bit of the Methodist church, if you have a vision, you have a job. And, uh, and so I kind of was born again into a, into a kind of church that effectively, um, if I didn't smash a window, yeah. um, I could really do quite a lot. And didn't need too much permission. It's a very high bar, isn't it? It was a very high bar. No, it was more than that. But the reality is uh, the opportunities were vast. Yeah. And therefore you could start youth work. You could... Uh, we did lots of different things. And, uh, because fundamentally, as long as we found the money yeah. and we didn't do much damage, yeah. uh, I didn't upset someone's teacup or something like yeah. that that effectively we could get on the side. So we did have a bit of a kind of have a go, 
person and uh, so we just did lots of different things and, uh, raised money to buy minibuses we raised money to buy PA systems so we could run outreach coffee bars we uh, yeah just did a ton of stuff so there is a, an entrepreneurial a gift within you or a, a desire to start things make things happen get things moving yeah I, I like the beginning and uh, I've always got an idea yes some good and some not so good. <laughs> as you well yes, as I can testify to. So, tell us about your first church plant. Then, so you've, you've this entrepreneurial streak. And when did that kind of emerge into? I'm going to start a church. Well, it actually happened slightly by default because right. uh, I worked for three years for the Methodist Church. We were looking to go to South America to be missionaries uh, in our kind of early. 20s, mid-20s, and the doors closed there, and a door opened for a, a Baptist church in the south of England wanted a, a pastor. Right. They'd seen a load of teenagers saved, and they wanted someone who was good with young people, but also theologically okay, so they could train and teach them. So um, it just was an ideal opportunity, so we went down and started working in that church. I was actually the only full-timer. There was a team of leaders uh, quite a, a really good church, well pastored, and it be, that church became part of what is now New Frontiers. Okay. Yeah. So where was this? It was in Beaconsfield. Right, Beaconsfield, yes. So uh, in Buckinghamshire, and uh, it was in the very early days. And uh, what happened was that uh, after a few years, the church leaders felt that this should be planted up into a new housing estate, or not a new one, but a, mm. another housing estate quite new. And actually, we've got a house there anyway. And so basically, we started this new church with a group of friends, and uh, still going now. Um, but it wasn't kind of like, uh, I, I was now going to be a church planter. Yeah. It was it was more of a pastoral plant, yeah. in the sense that it was a group of friends. Yeah went to an area yeah. and uh, started a church there. But there was probably 40 of us, so right. for us, that's, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah. we'd start at six when time yeah. we get to 40. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's how I started. Ah, very good. So that was your first plant. Was that Swanley? Was that where it was? No, or? that was second. Oh, that, that was, was second actually one. Just, it was just outside Beaconsfield. Right, okay. He planted just outside Beaconsfield. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you kind of, you're planting almost by accident. Um, so when did it stop becoming an accident? When did you think, actually, this is what I'm going to do next? Has it ever not been an accident? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, no, it's, um, it has a little bit more rhyme and reason. No, actually, I wasn't a, 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 an elder of, uh, of the church, a pastor. I was actually still the youth worker in that new church plant. Mm. And then eventually, after a year or two, they felt that I should be appointed as an elder. And on that evening, Terry Berger came up with some prophets. And uh, the, it was an amazing evening because one after another, they started prophesying that I would be a pioneer. Mm. And uh, I remember some of my friends laughing because mm. this is supposed to be uh, appointing a shepherd yeah. <laughs> of the church. Yeah. And uh, everything was pointed that I'd be a pioneer. And uh, Terry then, when he preached, he preached basically on Joshua. He said, I don't normally preach on this chapter, yeah. but I just felt today I needed to preach on Joshua, and I understand why. Yeah. Because 
Uh, God has actually got a door for you. And so that actually, in a sense, I, I thought, well, I, it made a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. in terms of mm. my past. Mm. Okay, so the sense of being an entrepreneur and that the uh, kind of first person to turn up in a place began to emerge at that point. So then you planted again into Swanley, like we just talked about. Yeah. Um, what got you from there to Manchester? Well, because by that time I we moved to Swanley, that was our second one, second church plant. In the movement we're in, I'd probably planted more churches than most because there'd only been one or two churches that had been planted. And so I I was seen as somebody who was a pioneer. And then we had a prophetic word as a movement, which is actually if we pulled the bow back into the nation, actually God would then fire arrows of people all over Europe Mm. and the world. And we were a southeast movement, yeah. uh, with one or two churches outside of the southeast. And yeah. We understood this as if God, uh, if we planted churches across the nation, that actually it, it would actually, although we were going back into the nation, yeah. it would get us out into Europe. Yeah. Which was a little counterintuitive because we were on the southeast coast, so we yeah. were one of the nearest to France and continental yeah. Europe. But we just knew God had said it. And so basically I was asked, um, you're, I'm from Nottingham, you're quite a northerner. That's what a southerner thinks anyway, <laughs> which is quite bizarre when you're a middlelander. Um, and you've planted churches. Would you consider helping us to do the next ones? Yeah. So effectively, um, long story short, I ended up going with uh, with my wife and family and Graham and Charlotte Webb, who uh, were helping lead another church in the southeast, to actually start from scratch mm. a church in Manchester. Mm. So it was a massive uh, change for us. And I've not been to Manchester, although I grew up in Nottingham. I think I played football once in Manchester, and that's yeah. about my only. Yeah. So you, was your desire, did you feel, I'm going to go plant and just plant our church in Manchester, and that is the church plant? Uh, well, when I first uh, thought about it, yeah, that was probably it. But it was interesting. I, I kind of had a, a few months where I was waiting to go to Manchester. And I, I was reflecting on some of the things that uh, I'd learnt in the last two church plants. And in fact, I had a list of 10 things in the end that I would not do again. Right. And in fact, I remember Graham Webb saying to me, Colin, you know what you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> and you might do what you do want. Yeah. And uh, such things as, uh, there was another church that was being planted down the road from when I was at Swanley. And they were growing fast and we were going nowhere fast. It took us, you know, three, four years to yeah. really get any traction. And I, I remember going into meetings with them and hated anybody saying, how many people have you got? <laughs> and uh, I thought, I don't want to be compared. Yeah. Uh, probably because I'm a bit competitive and I don't... But, so it's probably all bad stuff, but... <laughs> uh, and also, no, it's a lonely business plant in a church. Yeah. And I thought, is there another way of actually doing it? So you're actually some more camaraderie. Yeah. And I don't, it's, there's a difference between having a comrade who's actually doing the same thing as you. Yeah. And a comrade who's actually in a bigger church. Yes. <laughs> giving you some advice. Yes. <laughs> Which is very nice and helpful. Yeah. But. But they don't know what it's like. Correct. Yeah. 
Oh, that's very interesting. So you get to Manchester, you plant, and just tell us, just to finish this uh, today, a little bit of, because you planted into South Manchester and then that became a number of churches around Manchester in the kind of in the 1990s uh, tell us your rationale in that, that that kind of first wave this is how we're going to do it this is why we're doing it well on the way up on my very first visit to Manchester I was driving up on the motorway uh, pondering these sort of things yeah and also I got those two people I was going to visit who I'd never met before but they were friends of friends who were going to take me out for a coffee and tell me a little bit about the city and I was listening to uh, 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 what we would say is a podcast, but it was actually a, t- a recording yeah. on my, uh, in my car of uh, Steve Nicholson, who's a vineyard church planting pastor in America. And he just made this comment. He just said, people have stopped dreaming. He said, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I want people to dream about the future. And it seems like people have lost faith to dream. And, mm. uh, he said, what's your dreams? And I remember interacting with him thinking, my dream is to plant 20 churches in Manchester. Mm. And I, I remember just articulating it to the uh, recorder. Yeah. And, uh, and I even know, I know I was going on the M6 past um, uh, Birmingham. There was the RSC. Yeah place on the right yeah, and it's, yeah. it was everything was even now 25 years on it's it's vivid yeah and I remember going and thinking okay 20 churches and then I forgot about it yeah until I saw Terry Virgo a month or two later and he just asked how did my trip go and yeah. I said and I told him about this story yeah and then that was it and then I, 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 just a bit while, a while later, I was with about 300 other New Frontiers leaders. We used to do two days of prayer and fasting, um, two or three times a year. And Terry said, Colin, get up on the platform and explain to everybody about your vision for 20 churches. <laughs> and I looked at him and I thought, no way. <laughs> this was just between me and you. Because really, I was thinking the two churches I've planted, one has now doesn't exist, and the other one's doing okay, yeah. but it's still about 100 people, 120 yeah. people. And uh, it wasn't any great shakes to actually get up yeah. and say, I want to plant 20. And so I actually was, I resisted. Uh, Terry was really insistent. So go up. And I realised he had more faith yeah. than I did. Yeah, yeah. So I went up and uh, said and the place went electric in terms of the praying yeah and I realised there was more faith in the room than I had yeah and uh, that actually taught me a lot that sometimes you you trade is the wrong word you you are you live in someone else's faith yeah and I see that in the gospels as well yeah and uh and uh, actually I know now I've got more faith for people sometimes than they have for themselves yes. and it's actually that that propels them Yes. and uh, I think it's an underused or underthought through yes. part of raising leaders yeah. and for me Terry at that prayer meeting along with my response to Steve Nicholson yeah. actually lifted me to another frame and also started making me think okay I need to think differently about Manchester yeah. I need to think multi not single yes. and uh, I need to figure out how all that kind of works because we didn't have any blueprint 
No. Uh, it was a greenfield site, he used to say, you know, 200 miles from anyone yeah. <laughs> that I know. Yeah. So, in that sense, my have a go culture, I remember thinking, okay, let's have a go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that came from my Methodist kind of, if you've got a vision, you've got a job. Yeah. So that was the early 90s. This is, and nobody even heard the term multi-site before. Um, and even church planting itself at that point in you know it kind of goes in waves through history but at that point probably in the British church there wasn't a lot of that happening either so you find yourself on the front edge of a church planting movement that as we look back on we think there were definite elements to multi-site to it as well in that how you had the as there were as those churches began to exist and connected to each other um, would you say that? Would you think there, were, there was a multi-site movement? Oh, it was definitely a multi-site movement, uh, but we had no terminology for it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, there was quite a little bit of resistance as well because I had been, you know, the whole theme of going north was to church plant. Yeah. And I seemed to be doing something that was a hybrid. Yeah. And uh, I kept saying, no, no, in the end, these will be churches. Yeah. Uh, but actually we're, we're more together at this moment yeah. and we're stronger together and so I remember trying, people just looking at me a bit glazed are you church planted or are you building a big church yeah. with some congregations yeah. and I said um, actually a little bit in between the two yeah. we are, our trajectory is church planting but we don't want these isolated churches we want something that's actually got some capacity together and also some fellowship and friendship together and that we're all in the same boat together. So there's a kind of, there's a strength in that. Yeah, very good. Okay, well, we'll finish there for now. I think that brings us a little bit kind of up to date. I wanted to really get some of your backgrounds. I think the interesting thing about um, thinking about multi-site and church movements is we often don't think about the person that started it and personality type. So that's been very helpful. Well, we'll be back again next week on the podcast uh, when we'll look at really at what multi-site is for us in Manchester and what we think multi-planting is. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that Colin said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 139. See you next time.